0: Ahoy, mateys! Welcome to the GameBoy.org video game podcast, your port of call for gaming news and views that maybe aren't on your radar, but most definitely should be. I'm your host, Captain Spike2099, and with me, as always, is First Mate Slidekick. Yarr! Today is October 27th, 2019, a very special day for me personally, and this is episode 168, Bring the New Light! Destiny 2 Reemerges! Welcome, once again, each and every one of our lovely and beautiful listener to another episode of the org video game podcast.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> Were you trying to do like a video org video game podcast type thing? Yeah, but... The thing is, <laughs> when people listen to this show on their iPad or iPod or whatever, like or iPhone, they're like gonna think that that was an audio edit, but that's actually just a thing I do. Um, You're welcome. I was gonna say, like, what if
1: people listen to our shows at like 1.5 speed because we talk so much?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is what I expect that would sound like. (laughs) All right. I just, the thing is, if this were a video show, people would understand that we're just really good at making weird noises, whatever. All right. We have a really great energy. We're going to talk today about destiny and specifically sort of, um, how destiny two has come into its own several years after its release um i think it's actually kind of a, a really cool what's shaping out to be a really cool like victory story and it's something i'm really interested in talking about uh slaggy i know you've been putting a lot of time into destiny 2 this week so i figure you're excited about this too with that in mind let's get started let's relax let's talk about some games Uh, That having been said, what we're discussing this week and uh, sort of the undercurrent story of Bungie kind of ties into some other stories and some other hot topics we got going on right now. So, Slaggy, uh, tell me exactly what is the way that we rhyme?
1: Hot topic is the way that we rhyme. No, that's just me. I'm, I'm not using vocal processing there. I didn't just bust out a DSI and play with the voice modulator and be like... (laughs) <laughs> you know you don't know, i mean i maybe list maybe listener out there doesn't know what we're talking about but um you know oh my god is listener like um the traveler the listener the listener oh that means i'm supposed to start oh it does i'm a, I'm a professional podcaster
0: go over to our patreon um we don't have a patreon we don't make any money from this please don't come for us well you know who watch a month from now i'm gonna be like i need money we're opening a patreon and everyone's gonna be like you fucking hypocrite or
1: our kickstarter
0: all right um so someone
1: who's hoping to make money is at the
0: ten thousand dollar tier i'll send people my nudes you know you want it.
1: Be careful that someone's going to... Someone.
0: No, some... no. no, people People will pay me to delete them. That's what will really happen. No, anyway, anyway. Let's... Next Next, we week, going we're, too far we're, next week, week we're fin-dom dad, daddy <laughs> Why don't so, we talk about yeah, so, companies being shitty?
1: Well, yeah, I was just saying, uh, someone who is hoping to make money is Bethesda, because they're selling annual subscriptions to... Fallout seventy six for a hundred dollars a year, which, I mean, I guess when you average it out, it's not really any more than a normal version of the, you know, an MMO. I'm running like a normal cost of an MMO.
0: Um, so the thing is, right, like the hundred dollar annual subscription for an for exclusive Fallout seventy six features, you know, as an idea, isn't actually something I hate. The problem is what these features are, right? Yeah, because you have a private world. Well, and so that's the thing, right? Like, So you you
1: can play in your own private Idaho.
0: Yeah, so basically you're paying $100 to ostensibly have your own private Fallout world with your friends. And it's supposed to be like a brand new world. It's just for you and your friends. And those friends don't even have to be subscribers of this program, right? So it's supposed to be almost like a private um, like a Minecraft server type situation which is the fallout experience i think most people wanted in the first place so that's my first problem with this right uh, but then i don't know kind of um,
1: takes away the point of it being an MMO though it's like a
0: well right it's literally a service to privatize seven, the game a for
1: A 7PO?
0: Right, well, it's a 7, so it's an 8PO, right? But that's the thing, right? 8PO sounds
1: sounds like it would be a Star Wars robot.
0: Oh, 8PO, what are you doing? Right, our friends over at the Blockade Runner podcast can talk about it. 8PO. He was in the new trailer for uh, The Last Skywalker or whatever. Oh
1: my god, we're becoming a Star Wars podcast too now, apparently. Yes,
0: well, we could talk about uh, The Old Republic. They had a new expansion this past week let's uh, not. I've been playing no. a better. I've been playing a better MMO set in space. So, uh, anyway, the the thing is, and we're, Called we're... No Man's Sky. <laughs> Actually, I do want to play, guy, but I'll talk about that later. Oh, excellent, excellent. So, anyway, I, I guess let's discuss these benef- membership benefits. Like, you go down them, and then we'll talk about the real why this is a problem. Because I I see we're getting not focused, and it's definitely my fault. But let's line it up.
1: Private Worlds, play in a private world exclusively for you and up to seven friends. Scrapbox, unlimited storage for crafting components in your own new scrapbox container. Survival Tent, a new placeable fast travel point with a stash sleeping bag and more for your basic bitch needs. I added the bitch there. Atoms, receive... I support you, bitch. Receive 1,650 atoms per per month to use in the Atomic Shop. I'm assuming that's the... um, Yeah, it's like their equivalent of silver. Silver, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ranger Armor Outfit. An iconic Fallout outfit exclusively for members. Icons and emotes pack. Unique icons and emotes available only to members.
0: Right, so here's the thing. Ostensibly, a few of these are good functions. And, I mean, I don't think that they are functions that should be behind a gated service. Like in theory the survival tent scrap box and private worlds are all really cool features but not features that should be gated behind a hundred dollar a year annual pass i just think that's gross but then we run into the issue that as this program was launched the same day it was announced earlier this week um the scrap box was bugged so all of the items put into the scrap box which were supposed to be like an unlimited storage space which basically breaks part of the game design but i guess that's why you're paying money to do it um all of the things in the scrap boxes have been removed on accident and deleted and are gone
1: Ooh, so that's like basically imagine in world of warcraft if void storage had permanently deleted all of your original raid gears from like a vanilla wow Back in Nexramas and stuff?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hi, doggos. Um, We also... Oh, I'm sure they say hi, too, in their little doggy language. So, the thing is, in addition to this, right, on the private servers, for example, instead of being, like, walled-off invite-only servers, anyone who was on your friends list could just, like, walk right on in on your private server. And that means that anyone who had, like, ever been friended by you can come into your private server even if it's someone who only got added to your friends list because you were doing like a trade with them so i guess a lot of people are finding that like oh hey my quote-unquote private world is being filled with people i know but didn't really intend on playing this game with and then on top of that they're also finding that their quote-unquote private worlds are actually um previous instances of the game world so they have been impacted they're not like zero reset fresh worlds they're like worlds in various states of a disarray so this whole thing has just been mess
1: well that doesn't really make sense what do you mean that they would be
0: in um various states i mean i don't know what to tell you bro but that's what people have been reporting
1: and i'm not saying that 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 what they're saying doesn't make sense i'm saying like that doesn't make sense for the idea of like a private world
0: oh yeah yeah people assume it's just because of the um implementation shitty, of this shitty technology mm-hmm. yeah it, it appears to instead of generating new instances it appears to just be funneling people into old reused instances and so whatever state that instance was left in when it was no longer being used by whomever had it before you that's what you have now and that's not what people thought they were getting people thought they were going to be getting a new fresh world that they were paying a subscription fee to upkeep yeah that's that's not good yeah so and i think that really is the biggest problem for me here is that there's a real as and this has been an ongoing issue with fallout 76 is that the expectation was set for a certain thing that was really good and cool and it got um i would say the player base got manipulated in a really really gross way really fast yeah that's and unfortunate I, right well and do you want to talk about another company that kind of doesn't do awesome things to their player base
1: not really, but uh, <laughs> I would like it if you did. No, no, I'm kidding. So, uh, of course, we talked last time about the issues uh, surrounding Hearthstone and Blizzard in Hong Kong and bands. So, um, American University, which for some reason I thought it was a like Australian university, but I guess they're I guess they're called American University. I don't really know where they are. Yeah, because it was um. It says the AU Hearthstone team, so maybe they're... Oh, oh, American University, not... See, I see AU, and I think of Australia. because I don't want to think about anything to do with our country, basically.
0: Um, Understandably so.
1: So anyways, American University, which now I have to... Because I'm like, why why would you call that? Oh, it's Washington, D.C. Okay, that makes sense. So they have a Hearthstone team. They called up a sign during a live stream saying Free Hong Kong. Um, They have been banned from competitive play for six months. So I guess at least Blizzard is consistent with their banning of people talking about, you know, trying to promote democracy and people being treated right and
0: Hmm, cool. So it's worth noting, yeah, this is an addition like a separate time that this has occurred since our last episode. So Blizzard has has banned now this this college team.
1: Yeah, and um the statement from J. Allen Brack says that um it, it didn't have to do with the content. Um that um oh I guess this is um was regarding Blitzchom's message, but he said um that offends a portion or group of the public or otherwise damages Blizzard's image, so... Yeah, you know... know
0: Blizzard has continued to put out Press releases about how you know this Wasn't about the content of the message This isn't about China And then they just keep going back to that Generically stated engaging Any act that in Blizzard's Sole discretion brings you into public cetera, etc Etc you know it's We get it like y'all are using This vaguely worded statement to say That you have the right to do This we're not we're not disagreeing that This is in your rules but it's bullshit for you to pretend this isn't about China. And this isn't about what's being said like full tilt. That's exactly what this is. And it's absolute bullshit that you continue to say otherwise. And, uh, you know, part of why we're talking about this on this podcast on the eve of BlizzCon is the fact that I'm actually really impressed by the gaming public that this is still a hot topic that people have still held blizzards feet to the fire on this, um, I, a lot of people have noted that, you know, it's cool that people are taking this so seriously, but, you know, gamers traditionally have not taken every social issue so seriously. And so it's surprising this one's being taken so seriously. And I have to say, I I agree, but also rather than be negative about it, I want to encourage it and support it. I think gamers are being really cool here. Um, I'm a little worried about um, maybe a perception on my part, Like, I'm looking at this and I do somewhat wonder, is this in part because this is becoming like one side is America, fuck yeah, and the other side is China, fuck you. But I'm trying really hard not to be like that and rather focus on the fact that um, I do think this player was inappropriately treated by Blizzard. I think Blizzard deserves what they're getting for their choices here. And I continue to hope that long term we see some changes in how blizzard approaches the market even though i don't believe we will i'm sorry you've now earned yourself a
1: six month ban on game Bowie for um expressing views that may offend people of the public
0: oh my god right every That's... voice matters except mine
1: <laughs> and then that way next time where we go on a six month break we can just blame it on that no just kidding but, oh my uh, god right
0: it I would be, be amazing, amazing. It would be amazing if instead of our actual episode title, we uploaded this episode title with the title Every Voice Matters Except Ours. Wow. Um, You know, what's interesting, though, which has come
1: of this, is a rare rare in this political sphere of um, working together across the aisle um, because we've had several members of Congress from both parties, including our... um, the one that we stand, AOC, but, um, also Marco Rubio, who, you know, remember him, he ran for president. Um, that happened. Yeah. And some other, some other congressmen that I don't know about, but, um, yeah. So like, this is so messed up that Marco Rubio and AOC agree with it and like, you know, one's a Republican and one's, a democratic socialist.
0: Yeah, right. Well, it's really remarkable because, you know, shortly after this happened, because this was uh, specifically a couple of days ago that Congress and, and specifically like AOC had been speaking out about this and talking about how it was like pretty messed up. Right. Um at the time they were talking about how many of like blizzard's own employees agreed that activision blizzard's decision was incorrect and you know that is the general sentiment and then suddenly like the next day there was this bullshit like uh anonymous poll released that was saying that internal workers at uh blizzard supported blizzard's choices here by like 72 percent or something and i was just like this is sure interesting that this got re- this data got released right now after this statement was just made like it seems like there's some weird message massaging happening well also isn't blizzard one of the
1: companies that's like let people opt into like medical tracking apps or something or quote unquote opt into and it like could track um p- the menstrual cycle of of um Men and women who have um, menstrual cycles. Uh, that... I believe
0: that yeah, the you're talking about Ovia, I think it was, and um, Activision Blizzard. This past April, I think there was a kerfuffle that they were encouraging their employees to uh, sign up for tra- health tracking apps, and they were giving monetary bonuses to their um, employees for tracking that stuff. Yeah, this is my recollection.
1: Yes. And I remember, I just remember some of it was like, Minstrel Cycles. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, mm, I'm, you know, and now, oh, we agree with Blizzard.
0: Yeah, huh, wild. Mm. Well, you know, it was actually really nice to see, um, this was an article published on Kotaku, and I just want to read this headline because it was just an absolute winner. Magic the Gathering Pro uses victory to spotlight Hong Kong, is not banned. And um, it basically tells the story of Lee Shi Tian, who um, used his opportunity after winning the Magic the Gathering Mythic Championship earlier this month um, to draw attention to the protests in his hometown of Hong Kong. And it's just being noted that this was perfectly acceptable by... Um, everyone involved with magic the gathering that this was not deleted off of their twitch chat or anything and it was allowed and happened perfectly fine no one was punished or held to the wreck or had winnings taken away are they still with wizards of the coast i believe yes
1: i guess i'm gonna go support wizards of the coast which i mean
0: i don't really want to play better wizards than blizzards at this point
1: Ah, oh, wizards versus blizzards well, like I said, I don't really want to play Magic the Gathering, but I mean, they, you know, they do publish D&D, but then D&D's had its own weird stuff, too, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, again, it, it comes down for me, and this is something that I guess... We brush in up on practically every episode now, but I guess it needs to be said every episode. You do what you can when you can. And at some point, when the people behind the name change, like we have seen over at Wizards and with Dungeons and Dragons, etc., once you see some of those names start changing, to me, it's fair game to give them another go if they've shown the real, like intent to change and serve the community better like i think that that's like the follow-up of holding people accountable for the bad is then also accepting once they've made good and to me we're at that point with DD. and i'm I, what i've really been saying for the last couple episodes now is i hope we can someday get to that point with blizzard but i'm so proud of the community for making blizzard work for it
1: yeah. And you know what I forgot just came out about a month ago? Magic the Gathering Arena. And do you know what Magic the Gathering Arena is? What's that? It's a digital collectible card game.
0: Oh, hey. So you're downloading that right now, I assume.
1: I mean, um, not right now because I don't want to. Uh, I mean, not oh, that I right. think it would interfere voices, with our. Yeah.
0: Um, our voices will turn into a Transformers fucking. It'll be like. Oh. Right. Yeah, sorry, that's just my favorite way to describe random tech sounds. Um, it's not really appropriate for our show, so sorry for that. Well, let's wrap up this sh- this part of the shitty company discussion by talking about these leaks that have been happening this weekend. Um, you know, every year there are leaks right before BlizzCon. BlizzCon is next weekend. Um, but this year there are a lot more than normal and I've seen a lot of people theorizing <laughs> that the reason for these leaks is probably like semi-intentional. And I apologize for that phone ringing. There's simply nothing I can do about it at the moment.
1: I'm just like, is that like a legit phone?
0: Yes, we have a landline here. And for... wild. Well... (laughs) Right. It, it is it is and it um it has a ringer set up in multiple rooms because like this house is set up for like uh disability like people who, who maybe have accessibility needs right, right so right. it's wait, no, actually like sense. really cool right but it does mean that uh you can hear the phone the landline ring in like every room of the house it's pretty
1: wild yeah i i, I was just like okay wait i'm i'm
0: not losing my mind right yeah, no, that was an actual like landline phone ringing. You're, you did hear that. Our listeners heard that. It is what it is. You heard
1: it here, folks. Landlines still exist.
0: Right. So these uh, BlizzCon leaks that are happening, it's just really wild because they're happening through almost like semi legitimate sources. Um, you know, there was an advertisement for a book called The Art of Diablo that included, that stated it was including artworks from Diablo 4 Um, we've now had like pages from the art of Diablo like excerpts be released that like absolutely have references to Diablo 4 and even include to have uh, like new character art that appear to be for Diablo characters that have been aged up that by all means appear to be super legitimate You know, we've had these leaks about, apparently, Overwatch 2 have been now happening this weekend. I guess there's been, uh, you were telling me, some supposed WoW leaks that sound very credible for something called Shadowlands, was it? Yeah, I mean, that's
1: been been going on for months, but this is like a t-shirt or something, so...
0: Yeah, so I mean, it looks like it's happening and it's just because it's all this weird like semi-official like t-shirts and art books and it just is a little different from most blizzard leaks although i guess considering we just had that overwatch uh game uh i almost called it a gamecube port switch port that was leaked through the switch game case leak that was a weird one too Uh, it's just it's weird lots of weird blizzard leaks recently but, you know... Like,
1: hmm, look, we have lots of cool stuff coming out. Don't you want to play Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, and another MMO expansion with the word Shadow in it? Because there haven't been enough of those lately.
0: Right? I feel like that, that meme where, like, I want to be, like, a white woman with a salad fork, and I want it to say, like, Diablo 4, Warcraft Shadowlands, Overwatch 2, and then the other side would be, like, the cat hissing at it, and it would just say Hong Kong. Ah! Yeah, like, I just... Like, I'm sorry. I, right this moment, can't support BlizzCon, or Blizzard, I should say. Well, and it's hard Blizzcon, for me to like, get it, and BlizzCon. Yeah, it's hard for me no, to get about right. this stuff. Well, exactly. I was fully planning to buy that, and I'm glad I didn't, because now I'm certainly not. And it's it's just, it sucks. Again, I hope that Blizzard can see that limiting player speech is a really inappropriate thing to do, especially when it's on matters like this. You know, again, if if this were a matter of them like having silenced like hate speech we would probably be supporting it but as it stands this was just so inappropriate and the fact that blizzard keeps standing by it and sticking to their guns and digging in their heels and saying oh it's not this oh it's not that oh it's not this when it clearly is I just can't in good conscience like we usually don't talk about these kinds of leaks like I, I typically try not to talk about leaks before things are announced because I don't want to quote unquote ruin events for people but honestly like blizzard has been awful don't forget it I'm really proud of the people who are holding their feet to the flame stick to it don't resub stay strong hopefully we can change things at least this policy which is shit moving what? on
1: if you were hoping for doom eternal to fill um a demon slaying gap void in your life um unfortunately that has been la- been delayed to march 20th 2020 which isn't that also the day of animal crossing um
0: island yeah. living or whatever i mean yeah, like, i'm the animal crossing stand and i'm like island living what's it called that's super funny i mean i don't actually know because i don't really care for animal crossing that much but that actually is turning out now to be like a big release date animal crossing new horizons by the way new horizons thank you i knew it sounded like some sort of glee club name ah right new horizon um, yeah, so, <laughs> um
1: i just think it's funny that doom eternal and new horizons are coming out on the same day because one's like <laughs> and
0: one's like go to hades we also got news that ubisoft has delayed pretty much all of their big upcoming games um, watchdogs legion rainbow six quarantine and gods and monsters have all been delayed from their late 2019 slash early 2020 windows into the next fiscal year which means between spring 2020 and spring 2021 um oh wow apparently this has been to allow for uh, additional development time for All three of these major titles. Okay, this is a a good thing in that obviously you know Watch Dogs Legion looks like a really great game. It looks like they've finally figured out how to make Watch Dogs really pop. And I say that as someone who actually enjoyed both of the other Watch Dogs games, Mm -hmm. but I recognize that they kind of lacked that you know that X. On the other hand, when they were
1: saying like what watchdogs legion was supposed to be i was like really that's coming out
0: that soon well and that's i was just gonna say it seems like they finally figured out how to make it pop but um given what they're doing i'm just not surprised that they're finding that it's taking more time than than expected because it's such a big cool idea and when they showed it to us it already looked like a lot of the ideas were there but it looked a little messy so i'm really hoping that this is just really to to finish it. Because, yeah, it, it I was shocked, too, that it was coming out that soon, considering what they're doing with it. Like, everybody yeah. is playable. That's wild. I know not literally everyone, everyone, but still, it's wild. It's um, ambitious. Yeah. Um, it's actually been kind of wild for... Ubisoft because, you know, they also had announced this was um, on an earnings call, right? And according to the press release ahead of the earnings call, they had also noted that I guess there's been a sharp downward revision in the revenues expected from both Ghost Recon Breakpoint and The Division 2, both of which have been sort of endlessly discussed in the last couple of days. And the gaming public is kind of uh, now referring to as a a disaster. which To be clear, in case uh, it sounds like people are being too unkind, that's actually a paraphrasing of a statement that uh, Yev Guillermo made himself. So um, he had noted that specifically Breakpoint was strongly rejected by a significant portion of the community regarding the ghost recon formula and the changes that breakpoint made to it so um they definitely on that call noted that their franchises are hurting right now and that i think is probably a big part of why all of these other games are being delayed to make sure that they're top notch but again you know delayed games can eventually be amazing and games that are rushed are rarely good so it's uh bittersweet Mm, yeah um also
1: speaking of delays the last of us part two is going to be delayed to May 2020 and that just got a release date just last month so uh during the state of play so
0: Yeah, and you know, it's funny because um, this news just broke a couple days ago, right? And I saw a lot of people really mad about it. And they were really mad specifically about how um, this delay was made only one month after its prior release date announcement. But you know, it's kind of like what we saw happen with Kingdom Hearts 3, Final Fantasy 15. You know, there's always a lot of pressure to deliver a release date as soon as you have one. And sometimes when you're under that much pressure from your publisher, you give a date and then you find out shortly thereafter that that date was you know too ambitious and i i'm actually glad when these games get delayed because i would it's kind of funny because last of us part two is actually a game i'm not really that interested in but i am sure that this kind of delay is going to make the game better and i really hope that the people excited for this game don't get too butt hurt over the delay like at the end of the day this is going to be a good thing for y'all i agree (laughs) In happier news, we also got word that Panzer Dragoon Remake will be coming to Steam via (laughs) Steam via PC, will be coming to PC via Steam when it releases this winter. It will be releasing in the same release window as the Nintendo Switch version. That's good. Yeah. We also have word here on a new custom high end retro console. You know, a lot of people are familiar, of course, with the analog family of consoles. Uh, A lot of retro gaming enthusiasts love these for playing old classic games on modern heart or modern like uh, TV hardware. They are now going to be releasing a handheld version. This is going to be the analog pocket, and it is going to play games for the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket, and Atari Lynx. Wow. And it it will use various adapters to uh, actually use cartridges for these games if you have them. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: um, uh, just the images they showed like the it looks like a, like a really nice backlit screen. just a really nice form factor.
0: Yeah, it also has a, a switch style dock so that you can uh, and which will be optional so that you can play these games on the big screen if you'd like.: Oh. It, yeah, it looks like a really cool little uh alternate way to play your your classic portable games. What about link cable? You know, I don't actually know the answer to that. I mean, it has um,
1: Bluetooth, so I mean, I wonder if those somehow...
0: Right, like, they have... Like that. They released art of, like, people ostensibly pay- playing Tetris against each other, but... Because it, it looks like
1: the two Tetris Game Boys are just kissing.
0: All right, cuties. Anyway, that's about that for that. Do you want to talk about this last one, Slaggy? Sure. If you
1: are excited about Google Stadia, that will start on november 19th that is of course for google stadia pro you know the one you have to pay for um oh my god
0: so So can i just share something hella funny about stadia something that's hella funny to me about stadia sure right so all of the people who pre-ordered right had assumed that they would be getting their stadia pro package or whatever on the release date november 19th we now know Um, that's gonna
1: take three to five business days
0: Oh, it's better than that. Um, for all of their pre-orders, they, including like the founders edition, including like the a starter edition that's supposed to be still launch day, they're actually saying it may take them up to two weeks to get them all shipped out from their facility. Ooh, so that's not yeah. even the shipment time. <laughs> hmm. So they will apparently they will be shipping and and arriving for some people on November nineteenth, but for others it may be a couple of weeks.
1: Don't you want to play Destiny 2 on a Stadia, though?
0: The future's here. It's just not equally distributed.
1: And the thing is, is that my PC is not even, like, the biggest powerhouse, and it runs Destiny 2, like, beautifully, so...
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird that that's practically one of the big games releasing with Stadia, and it you can play it anywhere with wonderful fidelity already. Well, yeah... As we are now gonna move into some of our smaller pieces that are a little bit more about the gaming culture, Slaggy, do you wanna take us back to uh how the gaming community is responding to Blizzard and what they're doing?
1: Oh, I thought we were gonna maybe talk about um people being upset about vagina bones all over again. Oh
0: shit. Did you hear
1: that about um, not that that's not on our show roll, but did you hear that about uh, the Tokyo Mirage sessions, how their encore, how the encore release is going to be based on the Western release. So
0: yeah. So the
1: vagina bones are going to be covered up.
0: Yeah. And so, right. And in Japan, they are actually issuing refunds to people on the Japanese e store who pre-ordered before that announcement was made, who are complaining about the vagina bones. Yeah. Not having those visible bones in the, the mid-sections of the uh, teenage girls in the game.
1: Cool. So um, Brian Kibler, who is a Hearthstone caster, has quit because of the Hong Kong kerfuffle.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he blamed Blizzard's incredibly harsh, and that is a quote, um, punishment of Grandmaster's competitor, Blitzchung, whom we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, And he was basically, you know, like uh, he has always felt like, as a broadcaster or as a caster in whatever context you would call that, um, you know, he's always viewed it as his responsibility to do what he feels is socially right, and this is where he is. And I have to say, I relate. I think that's rad as hell. And honestly, I think this guy is super rad for this. I just think that is such a tremendous action. Like Indeed. I guess I guess he his exact quote that a lot of people are pointing out is. I will not be a smiling face on camera that tacitly endorses this decision. Fuck yes,
1: yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what I love? Um, what I love when uh, funny gaming memes come up. Like, do you remember the meme earlier this year about when there was the Tetris booklet and someone photoshopped it to say that the um, blocks had names? There was Orange Ricky, Blue Ricky, Cleveland Z, Rhode Island Z, Hero T, and Smash Boy. Remember that
0: I do in fact
1: well, apparently they're back in hog
0: form'
1: live well, back as a Tetris answer, um sorry, as a jeopardy answer um so apparently um the fact checkers on Jeopardy did
0: not really um fact check so that's amazing, yeah, someone must have gone to one of the oh my God, <laughs> yes. Yeah,
1: and I'm going to use my best Alex Trebek voice. The seven rotatable blocks used in this video game have names like Orange Ricky, Hero, and Smash Boy. Yeah, that I know,
0: Tetris. It's, beep, beep, beep. The thing is, I remember this tweet, right? And it was hella funny at the time. So I assumed it must have gotten, like, spread beyond that. But I just did a Google for it, and that's the only tweet I saw it from. So I'm like, did Jeopardy! literally not fact check this? Like... I thought they had good fact checkers. I thought that was like a thing, right? Man, well, in other somewhat interesting news, we'd no longer have Facebook on PS4. Wow, you
1: mean that's something that Sony has done? Well, <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> well, yes, Facebook's all sort of shady these days. Well, uh, let's let's. Let's note though, we are specifically talking about the bizarrely enjoyed and loved, but not by me feature where people can connect their Facebooks to their PS4s and then have their PS4 feed constantly feeding to their Facebook feed so that their whole Facebook feed is a list of their trophies and gameplay highlights. Um, That's apparently not going to be happening at the moment due to, uh, I mean, you can still record and upload videos as I understand, but I guess all of the like automated integration and all of the like specific, like real, like Facebook integration features have been put on hold due to a contract dispute. Um,
1: Oh, this article in Kotaku is saying that, um, Facebook will no longer be offered as a destination to share screenshots, videos, music trophy details, or links to
0: gameplay. Interesting. Now, see, I had been, I had been under the impression that you could still upload, um, stuff specifically if you wanted, but yeah, you, you are right that this, uh, this press release from Sony certainly indicates otherwise.
1: Yeah, so, um, I mean, because I know you use it a lot, um, and I've seen others use it, uh, well, no, I, I
0: use, oh, I was gonna say, so, yeah, I, I use Twitter constantly, but I, I don't do anything of my gaming stuff to Facebook. Right, right. So... No, my Facebook is where I post eh. about, like, my family and stuff, and oh. then my Twitter is where I post about my depression and my video games.
1: Oh, uh, that's, like, <laughs> Wig, that's all of us. Right. So there's a new Digimon mobile game. Digimon: Aria, oh, nice. It's a free-to-play RPG. Yes. Um, and apparently um, it's been going in Japan for a while because this was announced, um, yeah, so it was um, June 2018, and then earlier this summer, in August, we got an announcement that it would be coming sometime this year, so now it's available. Um, you find that a Digimon is living on your phone, and... Um, Wait, is this like Digimon Go?
0: Well, I was going to say, it's actually really interesting that this is the one that just came out, that this is the game that just came out because um, the Digimon anime Applemon just recently got uploaded to uh, Crunchyroll and Verve. So I'm wondering if they aren't somewhat related because uh, the Digimon animation has a very similar premise. Hmm, cool.
1: Digimon, Digital Monsters.
0: I mean, we're joking about that, but I've been really into Digimon recently, so I'm really excited. No,
1: it's, like, it's, and the Digimon on your smartphone is like a little pixel Digimon. looks super cute. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like the in-game. So, no, it's not, it doesn't appear to be like actually like a Pokemon Go. It looks more like a... Uh, it's probably got a gotcha element, huh?
0: I That is my understanding, actually, is that it's about collecting Ew. and raising the monsters, not about going out in the real world and finding them. Yeah, you so, like that mario kart Gacha game
1: yeah cool. and i haven't i've been able to enjoy it without having to spend any money on it aside well, from the gold pass
0: yeah well first off you're saying aside from the gold pass but um also maybe that would be true for the digimon game calm down so we mm. have a very unfortunate news it's why i'm trying to get the mood a little more somber uh you know we had talked about how sony was trying to get in front of uh ps4 or ps5 leaks and that they've been releasing information very directly to media about the ps5 um something else that's been happening very weirdly is that typically alongside a lot of these news announcements they're also letting laying staff off Um, during one of the press releases earlier this month um about the PlayStation 5. I think it was the one specifically about the PS5 generational stuff and talking about like the PS5 name confirmation. Um, Sony also very quietly um, laid off a significant number of their European staff and indicated that basically the American branch is the one that's going to be uh, sort of steering the wheel in the current generation and that the European staff is sort of accordingly being downscaled including their marketing and PR departments kind of kind of everything it's uh pretty unfortunate and really sucks yeah let's hope that this is just a coincidence yeah so restructuring hearts, that's yeah that's uh not a word i'm a big fan of as always our hearts and thoughts go out to everyone who is impacted by this terrible news i hope that you all find gainful lovely employment immediately yes that having been said, I think it's time to uh, travel somewhere and uh, maybe cover some of that left of center news that we care a lot about and a lot of other people probably don't. Are we going to Rome? Oh, I thought you meant Rome the place. Then I realized you meant like where I want like, to.
1: Rome if you want to. Roam around the
0: world. Nope. Different, different, different B-52 song. <laughs> We're going to a rock lobster. Oh, we're going to a cosmic thing. All right. Do you want to start this up?
1: Yeah. Uh, this is actually pretty wild. Um, so, the, I mean, the idea of DLC costumes for the um, City Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy, Fantasy NT is not that wild. There's a really cute ceremonial dress for Shantoto from Final Fantasy XI. And I always forget that the. Um, what were they called? Because they, they weren't Fells. They were the Taro Taro or whatever. Yeah. What were they called? Yeah,
0: yeah, tarus.
1: Taru Taro. The, did they all have little, like, um, critter noses like that? Um uh, not at all? all. Okay, because I don't feel like any Lalafell have those little critter noses, but maybe some of them do. I don't have a Lalafell, but anyways. So what's uh the, 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 awesome the cr- costume? The, the one that's uh, crazy. That, um, we don't use that word. That's why I use the word wild.
0: Okay, good call. And why is it wild?
1: Um, So it's a Noctis costume in his Final Fantasy Versus 13
0: outfit. Dang. And you know, the trailer for this uh, outfit even included the old Versus 13 music in it. Hmm. Yeah. It's pretty wild that they just won't let Versus 13 die.
1: Well, I mean, we have our ideas about, uh, you
0: know, why I'm including. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's exactly why I'm including it here. I'm drawing a line over what I think will be the next few months.
1: Like I said, um, uh, you know, I don't think it's I don't think I I don't think it's Square Enix that's letting not letting it die. I think it's someone (laughs) else, and rightfully so.
0: Do you want to uh, help me draw that line a little bit by talking about this next story as well?
1: Yeah. So um, there was going to be a novel, um, or well, there is a novel called final fantasy 15 the dawn of the future which basically would was going to tell the story of the rest of the dlc that got canceled including um,
0: including the various like non-canonical side stories
1: uh, like when um a blitz ball is a bomb and it blows off titus's head no that's
0: that's canon oh, i mean wow. sincerely oh wow. <laughs> yeah okay. But yeah, no, so you know. the reason um, why I say this, you know, this uh, Dawn of the Future, it has four stories in it. And um, it's my understanding that while several of them do take place in the Final Fantasy canon, that at least one of them does not and kind of brushes up on some of the bigger, like Versus 13 lore. I've been oh. really looking forward to reading this book specifically because. It's supposed to like be all about all these canceled stories. Um It was originally supposed to release this fall, and now it's not releasing until next June, which is hella dumb. And I just can't help but wonder why such a huge delay of six plus months. It's hmm. weird. I
1: mean, you could just you could just um, get the Japanese version.
0: Oh yeah, no, for sure. But there's. I just wonder why it's being delayed for so long. I can't imagine this is a release that is being delayed for anything other than they want it to release then rather than now. Like, I I can't imagine the book needs more work or anything. Yeah, but... hmm. Hmm. We also got a release date and a fantastic new trailer for Persona 5 Scramble. This is the upcoming action RPG that is going to be coming to PS4 and Switch... Based on Persona 5, it is going to be kind of like a Mousseau take on the game. It looks fantastic, honestly. Uh, Did you watch this trailer, Psyche? Yeah, it looks a lot of fun. I mean, you know, um,
1: it'll be interesting to see how it ends up, because it looks like it's a lot of fun to play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's going to be releasing February 20th, 2020. We don't yet have a release date for a worldwide release, but... I think it's a safe bet that we will get one and it'll probably be four to six months after the Japanese release, which sucks, but we'll get
1: it. Yeah, the only thing I'm concerned about is it takes place during summer vacation. So i wonder if it'll be like vagina
0: bone issues. Possibly. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some weird stuff in Persona. And yeah, Yeah. it's funny because you said that and I was like, you can't be serious. But then I was after a minute like, wait, actually, that's a good point. Shit. Well, I'll be back on my bullshit again. But with this next news story, it seems like you'll be back on your bullshit, Slaggy.
1: Yeah, this is uh, kind of something interesting. So we have Hatsune Miku Project Diva Mega Mix, which will be coming out on February 13th, 2020 in Japan for Switch. And then sometime later that year over here in the West. What's interesting is that you can either have the buttons be like the A, B, X, Y buttons.
0: Or yeah, you like can the u- standard Nintendo buttons.
1: Or you can use directional arrows, or you can use the quote-unquote arcade symbols, which are, you know, if you play the arcade version of Project Diva, um, they're the PlayStation symbols. So, you know,
0: triangle, square, cross, and circle. Yes, I said cross. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that cross many times over the years.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty cool. I just think yeah. it's cool. I yeah, just no, think, I think they're it's, neat. I think
0: it's- super cool yeah i i had a momentary pause because one of the gay x-men discord groups i'm in had just had a thread blow up oh was it right about
1: now. was it about that um triad of mutants again
0: no no we've been talking about that that was several weeks ago um we're talking about apocalypse these days apocalypse in a suit so oh hello so <laughs> it's pretty wild, though, um, that they're Sega's kind of skirting around the whole PlayStation buttons thing by calling them the arcade buttons. But I think this is such a neat and cool change in watching prior trailers for uh project diva mega mix i've been like kind of upset about like well not upset upset but like man it's going to be such an adjustment using the not playstation buttons for me and knowing now that i'll just be able to use the playstation buttons i'm hella happy
1: yeah now we just need a custom playstation joy
0: con (laughs) that would be hella funny right
1: so this is a very a very you story this next one
0: yeah yeah uh we got confirmation via the and this is super funny it was actually leaked via the neshka companion app Um, neshka of course is one of the japanese arcade services Um, there are a lot of like arcade machines in japan that run the neshka service so that they can basically, in one cabinet, um, get access to many other, like modern or semi-modern uh, fighting games, and typically, like more console-based type fighting games that maybe otherwise outside of Neshka wouldn't have had an arcade Japanese arcade release. And in this case, we're talking about the Samurai Showdown um, recent release, the the new game, which is fantastic, according to this Neshka companion app. Um, so Getsu Kazama is going to be added to Samurai Showdown. Uh, this would, of course, likely be as a part of the Season 2 DLC, since we have multiple unknown characters in that wave coming. But uh, SNK's Yasuyuki Oda-san actually tweeted at Neshka asking them to remove this notice and stating that this wasn't how this was supposed to be found out. So look forward uh, to sogetsu Getsu-san. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't remember him being so
1: uh muscular but then i looked up on the snk wiki and like one of his sprites from apparently from samurai showdown 4 um has a very heaving chest so
0: yeah no i like kazama a lot actually (laughs) yeah he's he's a pretty boy yeah pretty man i'm he, stoked he, about this i love samurai man showdown. Body. yeah no for sure i love samurai showdown i've talked about it hundreds of times over the years and i like uh kazama Sogetsu quite a bit so it's all good excellent we also have word that romance of the three kingdoms 14 will be getting a western release in english on ps4 and pc on february 28th 2020 It's important to note that it will have English language support because we have had various releases in this system or in this system in this series come west with only Japanese language support, especially on PC. Um, I'm stoked about this. You know, I love these like big grand strategy type games, and that I'll finally be able to be playing a new one in English in this series is delightful. Um, Did you always have 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 any thoughts?
1: I was going to say, did these games always have these this hex grid? Sort of um, like I'm looking at the article, and there's like a hex grid where you can make buildings. Like, was that always a part of the Romance of the Three Kingdoms games?
0: They've always been grand strategy games that have had those types of management elements. I mean, they've been implemented in various different ways depending on the game, but I think this game specifically looks like one you would be into.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I'm getting getting a little bit of like Civ vibes from it almost.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one specifically looks really cool. I think that maybe you should get into it.
1: Maybe I I think I'm also um conflating Romance of the Three Kingdoms with like one of the many other Koei Tecmo franchises that, you know, because they've got a lot of those types of like uh very Japanese sort of like the Dynasty yeah, Warriors stuff and stuff, right?
0: Ubinaga's ambition and that kind of stuff.
1: Although I guess a Dynasty Warriors was a Romance of the Three Kingdoms uh spin-off in the first yeah. place.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, when the when the game releases, you can come through and I'll show it to you if you haven't picked it up yourself yet, and you can decide if it's something you're into. Cool. We also got word that SD Gundam G Generation Cross Rays will be getting a Western (laughs) release. I'm sorry, that's for PC on November twenty seventh.
1: That's cool, but like that title's just too much.
0: SD Gundam G Generation Cross Rays. I, yeah, I actually couldn't repeat it there. So I, it is a lot, but it's not, I mean, you know, that's how games are named in Japan. It is what it is. Does
1: G and Generation have to do with, like, uh, G Gundam?
0: No. I wish it did, but no. Oh, don't cross the Rays. lol well let's let's wrap up our own private idaho so that we can move on to discussing what we're discussing this week. oh yeah we've been uh going a while here yeah that's why i'm looking at the time i'm like wow we really gotta speed this thing up uh, yeah and like happen. my
1: my lunch delivery never arrived so um yeah we we can tell
0: oh you're you're all you're all over the road like it's me playing mario kart tour okay
1: rude and rude to you be kind and also i mean
0: i mean i get first a lot so maybe i'm not talking that much crap yeah so that's super funny because i was like trying to troll you and i ended up like because i do get first a lot so i guess that wasn't really an insult
1: yeah so um war of the visions final fantasy brave Exvius is launching on November 14th, 2019. In Japan. um, In Japan. And you will get a SSR, which is... Is that like a...
0: That's like a super, super super rare, rare, basically. Okay, yeah. Ishtola. Yeah, from Final Fantasy fourteen. So this is the game that um, news broke about it one weekend while we were actually recording Game Boy. Uh, Right. This is the game that is... By all accounts, a new Final Fantasy Tactics game. It is a yeah. tactic, Final Fantasy Tactics game with gotcha elements. Um, you'll so get we, an you, SSR you know. full Ishtola. And honestly, if you want more Final Fantasy Tactics, it's finally here.
1: And you know your girl Ariana Grande probably will pop up at some point. Oh my gosh.
0: Um, dangerous we do ariana know, we do know that a western release is coming for this game so maybe there will be a dangerous ariana at some point
1: i want dangerous ariana in the city final fantasy nt whatever it's called
0: ah right she's I'm like yeah the, i'm just waiting at this point now for some of the crazy kingdom hearts spinoff characters to start showing up in dissidia i like, want, I want ariana want grande Sora, but we'll get Yazora or something i want um dangerous ariana to show up in kingdom hearts Oh my god, that would be sickening. But then we end so, up,
1: because didn't Katy Perry also get a um, Brave XVS character?
0: Yeah, but I chose not to participate in that campaign Watch because it. I disagree. I, I, I would hope
1: that Nomura san would have better taste than that.
0: Anyway,
1: I mean, but did you hear that single she put out of, like a month ago? It's like so bland. You know,
0: the funny thing is that about you saying that is that I actually like that, epi- that song. Oh, sorry. So- sorry to this man. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is it is basic and we'll get back to talking about our actual show just in a second i just have to say like it is a very basic pop song it's just like pleasantly basic Mm, that wasn't my experience but uh. and i find most of her music unpleasantly basic so for me it was a nice change of pace okay so in order to (laughs) talk about destiny 2 we kind of have to talk first about Destiny One, and to talk about Destiny One, we kind
1: of have to go back to a little uh, game called Halo. I mean, no, you know, no, no, I'm, I'm, and... I mean I'm joking, but also kind of not. <laughs> well, okay, that's
0: actually kind of fair because we I mean, will but talk we're not talking about Halo. this isn't
1: this isn't Halo Bowie, but
0: yeah. Well, so the thing is. When we talk about Destiny 2, like I said, we have to talk about Destiny 1. And the reason for that is that um, Destiny was very much a, a huge gamble on developer Bungie's part, right? So Bungie had started with it being known in the larger space with Halo, right? And as Halo grew, so too did Bungie's desire to do something kind of bigger. And they have, there are a lot of internal docs and stuff because you know the destiny fandom we're we're crazy we pour over all this stuff in fact there's at least one destiny listener who i think listens to our show that is going to hear this and be like yeah we do like one of the recent releases had like notes for an exotic in the game in the collector's edition like instruction manual it <laughs> Bungie does a lot for <laughs> for destiny fans and i think that's why we all like it so much And the thing is, they wanted to make this crazy, well, wild, I'm sorry. They wanted to make this wild, big, online, lore-based experience. And they just couldn't really do it in the Halo universe. And so they ended up arranging to get out of their ownership deal from Microsoft, because Bungie had previously been a Microsoft studio. And they struck out on their own, and almost immediately, in fact, it might have even been immediately, we found out that they were going to be actually making an agreement with activision blizzard for publishing and so of course we wouldn't be talking about this game and underlining it with everything going on with activision blizzard if not for the fact that destiny and bungie themselves separated from blizzard earlier this year So there's kind of a lot of meat on this bone to discuss. And again, you go back to that first Destiny and what Bungie was doing, you know, they've already revitalized the console first person shooter gaming world. They've defined it for the Xbox Mm -hmm. generation and then into the Xbox 360 generation, you know? And
1: I have to ask, um, Uh as someone who never really, I mean, I played a little bit of Halo 2 uh, back on the 360 with some friends like um you know like very early in college years um just like you know playing local multi- multiplayer um yeah but i mean in terms of like um the um like the campaign experience like how how much of that dna from halo is in destiny
0: well the short answer is i would say all of it um, cuz i was
1: re- is- i was rereading it was like um i was reading About, you know, the different types of, um, you know, like, oh, the the Covenant and the Flood. I'm like, oh, is that basically, like, the Vex
0: and the, you know. Well, yeah, and they do really have some strong analog here, right? And it's uh, the reason why it's really worth talking about how much of Destiny came from Halo. First off, is that obviously it's very cool that Microsoft let Bungie go and didn't you know tie them up and basically kill the studio because we see that kind of thing happen a lot um ea in particular i think has done that to quite a few studios um ubisoft has done that to studios the fact that microsoft instead you know they saw what bungie had done with halo and with the first person shooter i mean they literally created multiple console selling games multiple like games that drove the entire industry and Microsoft was like, "Okay, if y'all aren't into this anymore, please help us build a new studio to replace you and then you can go on your way." They don't get enough credit for that. I actually have to say. <laughs> um, and I will also give um Blizzard and I should say Activision Blizzard a little bit of credit that they basically did similar um earlier this year with Bungie. A lot of people were theorizing that Destiny must be a huge um money losing, money sinking enterprise or else why on earth would Activision have let them go and let uh, Bungie separate themselves from Activision's grasp and and let the destiny IP go. And uh, it actually turns out that it's because Activision didn't have full ownership of the destiny IP And feels that those resources would be better spent, um, from the sound of it, creating something to compete with Destiny, rather than trying to just be half-seas on Destiny with Bungie, whom they didn't properly own, but just had a restrictive publishing agreement with. (laughs) And this is me going on and on about the various details of, of this. Corporate ownership aspect of this, it's like You were talking very specifically about the gameplay comparison. Uh, please reiterate to me what did you like about Halo? Because that's going to give me the perfect way I think to talk about why Destiny is is such a cool evolution.
1: I mean, like honestly, I didn't give Halo much of a chance. Is kind of my point. And I'm oh no. I mean, and, and so um, I mean, I because I remember like. Um, I mean, I guess something that w- was cool is that, like, I mean, I remember on Halo 2, like, everyone had, like, those, like, sword knife things, and, like, it was, like, zombie mode, like, but that was just, like, a player-created, like, mode, right? That wasn't, like, an official, um, an official, like, uh, style of match, right? That was like, something that, like, you know, the community kind of... Well, developed. and so that was
0: something really cool, right, was that the various, like, playlists that... Bungie gave the Halo community uh the tools to create like various matches. They gave them tools like the the Forge tool in in order to like really customize their multiplayer like online battle lobbies and like the the scenarios in which you would be fighting. And so a lot of what you're describing there like emergent gameplay. Like, well, like, precisely. And you know, we used to have games that we would create me um my good friend Leprechaun5 whom you know and has been on the show as SeaWolf Jason. Um you know, all of my IRL friends whom <laughs> you know and several of whom have been here on the show right like we used to make our own like emergent gameplay styles as well where it would be like oh yeah you have to you know hit this ball with this uh warthog jeep hard enough to make it you know bounce over this various okay, uh, did you, building are you telling
1: me that you you played warthog
0: volleyball something like that yes and so that's a surprise <laughs> but and the thing is though Bungie saw this emerging in the earlier iterations and just kept building on it, right? And so one of the things that Halo really became known for were kind of these big set pieces and these big, like, cool, weird ideas that Sort of came up in these various lobbies and then just got built on and built on, not entirely dissimilar to what we've seen happen with things like uh, Defense of the Ancients and and all that, although obviously on a different platform. So basically, Bungie ended up making this game, Destiny. You know, it's like a mythic sci-fi world. It's very fantasy, but also very futuristic um there's been like this whole like prosperous period of exploration and peace but then everything is like wiped out by the darkness and uh as a result you know players become you know the guardians the last defenders of the city whom are able to wield the light and sort of have to go about sort of reviving this this traveler that had come to earth um, and which many people sort of revere as almost like a deity and you're kind of trying to revive this deity while also trying to kill hella aliens halo style and if it sounds more like an rpg to you than a first person shooter that's actually kind of by design right like this was really supposed to be halo with rpg elements and an online like living world. Which is a big part of why, right, this game actually became, or with originally Destiny was in development immediately after the release of Halo Reach, way back in the early, like, 2009-2010, like, time period. And and so that's why, you know, we ended up hearing about this 10-year publishing agreement with Activision Blizzard, right? And everybody was really excited because... Um, bungie was going to get to continue owning the ip it was sort of a deal similar to what we saw um bioware initially getting involved in in like the with some ea partners type stuff or not not bioware but we've seen other people get involved with ea partners um but unfortunately over the years there ended up being a lot of indication that maybe there was some problems with the activision blizzard publishing agreement um most specifically a lot of us may recall back in uh 2014 Bungie fired its longtime composer and audio director martin o'donnell I remember that. marty o'donnell as most of us refer to him right and you know he's like an amazing amazing composer Yeah, those, um, composer um, all those
1: halo uh iconic halo themes
0: well, right and even bass destiny one had incredible music when yeah wasn't he doing uh, that with Paul McCartney? well yeah he actually did like a whole like, uh, eight movement suite that did get released and is incredible. Um, so you know, a lot of uh, Marty O'Donnell's music did make it into Bungie One or Bungie One, Destiny One, unfortunately, not into Destiny Two. But something the reason why I bring up the Marty O'Donnell thing here because it's such a small point of contention, but um, as the years have gone on, we've actually learned that, um, he, he claims at least that. It, he was kind of pushed out of Bungie because he personally believed and discussed that he had felt that the Activision deal had changed Bungie. And sort of over the years, there have been discussions on how, uh, you know, when the Windows version of Destiny 2 first came to PC, that it was exclusively distributed through Battle.net rather than a Steam, which is kind of where the player base for these types of games is a little more traditionally kept.
1: yeah, and I mean you kind of think about like now we have the epics game store, thing. I forgot that that was kind of a issue back then,
0: oh yeah, is to have it on what was basically otherwise known as like the overwatch launcher <laughs> at the time, um, but you know we we do now have and and I want to lay all of these things out because we now know with all of this that all of destiny, from its iteration to basically up to destiny to forsaken is the version of destiny that bungie was making with activision blizzard we know that activision blizzard included insight on the game design they did have impact on game scheduling game releases um how things were promoted all kinds of of uh you know how do we say like market testing type decisions being made for the game design. So all of this is to say, we now have Bungie at the the helm of Destiny for the first time. In control of their own Destiny, you could say. In fact, Uh... I wish I had planned that, right? I wish I had planned that. Um, They have done all of this dodging, bobbing, and weaving in order to birth the version of Destiny that we now have, which has been alive and active as Destiny 2 New Light since the beginning of october right that was uh, i think october like first or second
1: yep october first perfect
0: now it's it's my understanding you didn't play much destiny 2 you played a little destiny 1 you have now played a lot of new light would you agree with this
1: yeah um i don't even remember how much destiny 1 i played um i know you played
0: through the core story because we did at least a couple of strikes together
1: did I? i i don't even remember that you did. I, I'm fairly. I mean, certain was the campaign was the campaign like not
0: as fleshed out in Destiny One? Because, well, the storytelling type stuff was definitely one of the major major complaints of Destiny One. A lot of the story in Destiny One was just told through very easily missable like grimoire cards. Um, whereas now, obviously, you have properly like Wait, that word talking. That word is grimoire.
1: I thought it was grimo- grimoire.
0: It might be grimoire. Honestly, I've heard it pronounced many different ways and I'm very self-conscious about it myself. I have heard it pronounced so many different ways on various like cartoons and movies and podcasts. Honestly, okay. like the way you pronounce it is like, "Oh, I heard them pronounce it that way on Gargoyles." Like 100% for sure. Okay, um that being said like I honestly don't
1: remember playing a lot of Destiny
0: 1. I feel like you played it largely for the show because I have I've been a Destiny fan for a very long time, you know we talk about how this is a show about left of center gaming news and views, but in the earlier days of game buoy, I would even often sort of add a bullet in discussions and say, Oh, except I really love halo. Mm -hmm. And so I love the fact that we now have this version of destiny Two. I think this version of the game is finally what it's kind of always meant to be. Um, For me, the game is now almost closest in experience to like, what if a first person shooter version of Fantasy Star Online? And that's exactly what I've always wanted. Um they've cool. kind of What uh, go ahead. I was going to say uh so Destiny 2 and to sort of just explain Destiny 2 a little bit more than I have so far because I think it will help people who maybe don't know where Destiny 2 is at right now, right? Um Destiny 2 had originally released at the toward the end of 2017, specifically September 6th on the ps4 and xbox one and october 24th on windows pc and they have done a couple of expansions the first one was uh destiny 2 forsaken which released last september september 4th 2018 this was sort of compared to the uh Destiny, the Taken King expansion from the first game, which was one that like solidified Destiny as like a really fantastic experience. And you might have played before the Taken King. Actually. Probably, might played, I think you might have played like vanilla, vanilla Destiny, which was a lot of fun. The ideas were there, but the execution just wasn't quite uh, for Destiny 2 Forsaken, which was the 2018 release expansion of Destiny 2, um, they brought like a patch 2.0 update to destiny 2 so they basically brought the game to like year two status and brought new systems in changed the way that armor and modifications worked um and basically started the journey to new light And now that we sort of know everything we know now, you sort of get a sense that they probably figured out while working on Forsaken that they were going to get this opportunity to go independent again, because it feels like sort of the flattening of the game happened here. And when I say flattening, I mean it as a good thing, actually. Um, Something that used to be complained about a lot about Destiny is that how much time you'd have to spend to like catch up to your friends in order to run content with them. Uh, But everything... All character power levels have now been like brought up so people all start at uh, the relatively high number of 750 which doesn't make a lot of sense to people listening to this without context for new light but new light which went live on the same day as the new update Shadow the new expansion Shadow Keep back on October 1st now all of Destiny's game content can be experienced from the day you start playing and you can opt into um, Several stories of the older Destiny releases, like the year one story, the year two story. I, I believe the early parts of the year two story. Like you can just opt in and play. And then you can just like piecemeal by the expansions as you choose or as you want the various stories and mechanics and exotics that come with them as you want. It's otherwise a free-to-play experience, um, very mild microtransactions for cosmetic things only, which I really love. And it's... um i think really fucking cool way to like first off make all of the old content relevant again because of this flattening of power um basically it's not like all of the old guns are going to necessarily be able to be the best guns but they're all like relevant again because of how the stats were rebalanced and as a result like if you have old favorite destiny 2 raids or whatever like you can still go run them and get cool ass gear and I think that's really cool as well. Uh, there's just like this whole world of Destiny 2 content that you can access for free. And I think that that's wild to have this really like triple A gameplay experience available for free. You can log in right now, have immediate access to what, in my opinion, is like the best designed and balanced gunplay in the first-person shooter world. Like, uh, what is your take on New Light in general?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the the one thing that and the one... I mean, I'm not going to say it's a complaint, but the one complaint I've seen, um, which definitely was, it did take some getting used to, is that there's so much content available to you that it's like, do you just jump into the open world and start doing public events and, you know, fighting off, you know, swarms of enemies with, uh, you know, random people in the world? Do you go and randomly queue up for a strike with a random fire team? And like, you know, basically it was a dungeon. Or do you go and do the campaign? So, I mean, for me, it was kind of just about figuring out what path I wanted to do. And for me, I ended up doing the campaign and, you know, really enjoying it a lot. Um, So I think it's just that, you know, because instead it would be like, um, it would be like if you, um, you know, bought another MMO and it's like um, your max level, regardless of, or maybe not max level, I don't know. I can't really find a good comparison to it, but, you know, like, like it's just okay. there's a lot to do.
0: Well, and one of the things to note, you know, there is, there's so much to do. But as a skill-based first-person shooter game, while the stats are extremely, extremely important, I've still always had the fortunate experience that, like, good gameplay, you can still contribute to, like, your little fire team or whatever when you're playing with friends. So, like, to that specific point. That having been said, yeah, there's so much content in the game that it's, it can be hard to figure out where to get started um, when i recently restarted playing the game after new light it did take me a little while even with the literal years of experience i have in the destiny universe it took me a minute to get back in the rhythm of like following my various quests having my tracked quests remembering to make sure the quests i'm doing are still tracked etc etc and so the ui probably could use a little bit of work but i think so yeah honestly if that's the biggest problem i have to say with this actual legitimate triple a game going free to play i think that is an unparalleled success like, that's my honest opinion, is that I would call this version of Destiny 2 an unparalleled success. And I don't know that I would have said that about earlier versions of Destiny.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know um, if it, like, having that high light level just made all the content easier, or if it's just for whatever reason it's, you know, fulfilling a, um, a need of mine gaming-wise. You know, especially, like, with, um, you know, because I had wanted to be getting into another MMO, but I tried downloading... Uh, star wars The the republic and it was it really showed its age you know and so like i said i don't know if it's just that like over time i've like grown to appreciate it but i mean even back when i was playing uh destiny 2 when it first came out like very briefly like it, i feel like it always did control like better than pretty much any other uh fps that i've ever played i mean i don't oh, know like cause I, i'm not really
0: fun she does
1: yeah, and that's kind of why I was asking about Halo, because I'm like, did I just never give Halo uh, a fair shake? And like
0: Honestly, in my opinion, yeah. Cause you know, Halo, in my opinion had those tight controls. It had those neat ideas. You know, you go back to getting the the energy sword from the covenant in Halo 2, like a sword in a first-person shooter game back then. And, you know, you talked about that yourself earlier. Like it was unheard of to have a a sword in that type of a game back then. It was so cool. And uh, yeah, no, I would I would say that Bungie has always pushed that control, like Tight control, cool ideas, almost like semi like arcadey over the top game design, which I really like in a first person shooter. I really dislike that kind of like Call of Duty, super precision, constant going to get headshot, be dead, friends calling in airstrikes on you or whatever. I really, for me, vastly prefer this kind of like, I'm going to do my double jump and hover through the air and shoot at you with my sci fi light gun that gives you a virus that eats your shield. I was That's surprised more. For my much, speed.
1: And I mean, I guess this is, you know, speaking more to the, you know, single player campaign, but how much uh, like light platforming elements there are. It's, you know. Well, yeah, uh,
0: and I would also, again, you know, that stuff was also very present in in Halo. And I didn't mean to cut you off. Please continue. No, like um,
1: like I said, I, th- I think that's definitely, especially because, like, you could, you could go, I mean, I don't know, like, people's tastes are whatever, but um, I, I think for a lot of people, if they have a computer that can run it, you know, just going to Steam because uh, you don't have to worry about, although I guess if you're someone who's interested in playing a game like this, you probably have PlayStation Plus or Xbox Game Pass or, you know, xbox live but uh you know for steam you don't need to have paid service to uh yeah
0: yeah you know i also want to note that the destiny new light update now supports the uh destiny 2 cross save feature so you can make your guardians cross platform so that you can then play them on uh ps4 xbox one and pc you know with the same characters in case you know people are playing on different platforms um as we've discussed here on the show saiki prefers playing first person shooters with mouse and keyboard uh very specifically for destiny i vastly prefer um controllers. So I play on PS4, he plays on PC, but we can still do content together uh, because of the cross-save feature when we are on the same platform. I think that's really cool. I would rather have true cross-play, but I guess there are some balancing issues there. Um, yeah i mean it's
1: just, not like i'm raid ready yet anyway and <laughs> I'm, I'm right quite meanwhile
0: awake. i'm at 9 30 and i'm just like waiting for everyone i know like please catch up i want to play with you that having been said we could run any other content and destroy it and that's awesome yeah um i also want to talk a little bit about destiny to shadow keep it launched at the same time um it has just a couple of new because i talk so much about destiny and i just want to like very briefly note that like Um, It has like these Vex offensive missions where like you have to like go on almost like little like mini strikes to fight Vex, um, which I really love. It has like these little like nightmare scenarios where you have to like replay old boss fights and including one of them at least is an old raid fight that I really liked that you have to refight. So it's it's just like these really cool new features there that you just can opt into if you have Shadow Keep, and if you don't care about playing that content, you don't have to have Shadow Keep. I think that's pretty cool. Um, we also have like the annual passes they're doing, where like right now it's the season of the Undying, and I guess some of those features that I just mentioned are also tied to that. It's just kind of intrinsically tied together, both the Shadow Keep stuff and at least the launch um, year of the Undying stuff. I imagine as the season goes on, the year of, di- of or the season on for the undying will end and I'll start to see different events happening and we'll be excited about those all over. But I guess that's the other part of New Light that needs to be mentioned is that the other part of this goal, it, moving Destiny 2 sort of away from these boxed releases and more to New Light and then annual passes where every season. Or I'm sorry, I keep say- saying annual, but seasonal passes where every season brings new content, new weapons, new exotics, etc. Um, I think that's a very compelling game design idea for Bungie. I think that outside of Activision Blizzard, it's going to work really well for them. I think it's really clear that Activision Blizzard um, created a lot of problems for Bungie and specifically for the Destiny project. Uh, you know, we I, I was showing you some language from 2016 Slaggy, where a leaked uh document or not a leaked document, but various comments that were made about uh Blizzard's old MMO Titan, which got officially right. canceled back in 2016. Um, a lot of the things that were being discussed about it back then were really strongly comparing titan to destiny and right down to um trace jason shearer even directly comparing certain ways that the game's perspectives would shift depending on if you're in combat or heading into a city um it sounds like and has always sounded to me like the existence of destiny was part of what got titan can so i i just very very curious what parts of titan impacted what destiny became and now that we see bungie removed from those influences what destiny might become um you know something else we haven't really talked about about destiny is that it has so many different like gameplay modes um many of which you can now access completely free like the crucible um which is just basic pvp you have gambit which is a really cool mode where it's like a player on a team fighting various enemy mobs in order to summon a boss and then kill it quickly before an opponent team kills their own mobs to summon their boss and kill it with the one added complication that occasionally one team can send one player over to the other team to fuck with them for 30 seconds and it is just this really fun little game mode that um, myself and Sulker love to queue up and play like four matches repeatedly because it's just this really fun almost like a little like mini raid but it's like a competitive mini raid and it's a very easy way to like work on all of your various weapon goals um it ends up feeling like a lot of those wild custom-made halo matches slag kick the gambit mode right, So if you, yeah if you fondly think of those i would recommend you check gambit out specifically and then obviously you know you also have the strikes which are like um instances or dungeons in in the parlance of like a modern typical MMO um there are raids from all of the year 1 content included in new light at no additional cost um you know stuff like the black armory forge events which psychic i assume you probably haven't even gotten to yet but that's where you can start like doing some like weapon customization type things
1: yeah like, i just met i just met her she was the one who
0: i'm like i'm not into ladies but she's kind of a sexy lady robot yeah she's awesome i like her a lot so there's there's just all of this stuff um that you can do all of these cool little like side games and side functions uh there was of course you recall back in destiny one there was like a whole ass extra racing mode that i don't think we've had come back yet the sparrow racing league but i'm hoping someday that it will come back even though i know it was really expensive and they said not a lot of people used it i used it and i liked it and i want it back god damn it (laughs) um i think i've said all of the things about destiny 2 that i want to say um if it isn't clear to me especially since i'm presently a gamer on a budget i'm really looking at destiny 2 new light as like this is a really fantastic way in 2019 to publish and keep a game up i'm really impressed and i honestly think that this is one of those things that anyone who's looking for a cheap game to check out should be looking into immediately um you know it's also we didn't really talk about it here on the show it also has a lot of spookiness which makes it a good halloween game there's like a lot of like creepy undead grossness and a lot Mm -hmm. of like wandering down a dark corridor with just your flashlight for light and i honestly it gets kind of creepy sometimes and i think it's really cool like space horror (laughs) right so now slaggy if you have 20 minutes of things that i've been just talking over just let it all out because i want to hear everything you have to say
1: yeah so i mean like i was it's funny that you remember me playing i mean I, i guess i played a little of the original destiny because i mean i do remember like oh yeah this controls pretty well but then it's funny because i was talking to you about like when i was replaying um because i i had played destiny 2 like when it came out and um
0: well in my rec- my recollection was that you had a hunter in Destiny 1 and then you made tried to make the same hunter in Destiny 2 and then during that awful starting mission where like you have to do a bunch of really stupid tasks while you're underpowered I feel like you stopped and were just like this is not fun fuck it.
1: Yeah and then um when new light came out for some le- reason uh, he didn't get boosted to 750, and so I was just like, oh, whatever. And so I deleted him, and I actually ended up making a warlock, and I don't know if that's the reason why, like, I like just really connected with that class. But I mean, I I dabbled with a also at this point, you know, I I had dabbled with the other two. I had held off on playing a warlock for so long because I'm like, oh, well, that's the one that you play, and I don't want to like copy you. So I was like weird about that. But ironically, it's the one that I like have totally fallen in love with. Um, but, I mean, I think that all three of the classes are, like, have a really good flavor and, you know, uh, kind of all do their own things. And I probably will, you know, at some point make a Titan, but I've just got so much that I can do right now with my Warlock. Titan. Like, you know, I've got so much I can do with my Warlock right now that I'm like, eh, you know, why, why start that now? Like, I'll wait until, like, you know, maybe, maybe like I'm... Just doing my like you know end game stuff or whatever you know and I'm like oh I'm already at nine forty and I'm just like you know at this point I'm just like doing my weekly crucibles or I don't know I'm just throwing words out there now lol
0: in my weekly, whatever's like your challenges or your raid or your night strike yeah those things so um night strike oh pff. nightfall strike yeah so um like I said I don't know if it had
1: something to do with the fact that you know you start out at 750 and the content is like basically i guess it's i would assume it's tuned the entire um i mean i don't know how how much they changed the tuning but i mean i definitely died a couple times so i've um at this point i've finished the main uh campaign of original destiny 2 which is the red war and i've started actually about halfway through the curse of osiris which is you know a lot shorter um yeah so i mean i don't know if it's like just that the new light made it a lot more accessible and easy to play or again if i'm just like really
0: into it or i'm really into warlock but um i think the rebalancing they did was very effective i, I do think that had part of it because i mean
1: i just i found it really enjoyable to play um this is coming from someone who typically does not have a lot of fun with first-person shooters and again uh, I think a lot of it too is like a lot of my FPS experience is like you know multiplayer like oh playing in Halo 2 with my friends like you know when I say my friends I mean I'm not saying like that you weren't there because I by the time I really was doing a lot of gaming with you and our friends I had kind of like you know
0: gone past that um yeah well actually and that's kind of why I'm really and I was just saying this to Sulker the other day, something I'm really enjoying about New Light and something that I'm hoping a few of my friends in particular end up picking it up over is that it's just, I loved those times playing Halo with friends. And I feel like I am getting that kind of same experience out of playing Destiny to New Light with Sulker and soon with you. And so it's really my hope that a lot of my Halo friends end up um, realizing that that experience that they're looking for that they got from like the Destiny or the Halo campaign is still present in Destiny. Like all of those big set pieces, all of those big like wild, like seemingly organic in-game situations where you had like a hundred enemies against just you, they were all Shooting teeth at you and throwing grenades, and it's a hundred to one, but somehow you still get through it and pull ahead. And you and your whole fire team are like high fiving and feel like you did hella good. That experience is alive and kicking in Destiny. And I Mm -hmm. just think that if you're looking for it, you should know it's available to you for free now.
1: And I'm in a funny way, like what it really reminds me a lot of is like Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3, and like a lot of the things I really liked about because I didn't really care as much for um because i mean that's what i always thought was funny about why i like when i would talk about how much i liked mass effect 2 and 3 is that you know i was like oh i don't like shooting games but like you know when they when they put a bigger focus on the shooting and not as much on like the rpg elements in mass effect like that's where i feel like that series found its stride um and so like i i mean i kind of feel similarly with uh like i said it just kind of brings me back to playing um mass effect two and three um to a degree and um just kind of like especially like you've talked about like the rpg elements but like kind of that class fantasy that you really get from you know an rpg as well like you know the warlock like i've got the like arc lightning that i shoot out it's just oh man you're just flying
0: around like a sith electrocuting people huh
1: pretty much yeah so um yeah, no, I mean, I feel like um, maybe, like, you know, maybe they've gotten better with their storytelling even over the past two years. But, like, I do feel like the even the campaign could have even been a little longer. But I still thought, like, you know, the writing was great. And, you know, there's a lot of good humor.
0: And, well, and that's another fun thing is that the the writing in Destiny 2, back when Destiny 1 released, the game writing and the story was a huge punching bag in reviews because it was just very poorly executed. But now the characterizations are delightful and the writing is typically very pleasant and humorous. Yeah. I'm sorry, I just really wanted to address that because you had noted that, you know, you were enjoying the writing. And since that was such a weak spot for Destiny 1, I really wanted to point it out for Destiny 2.
1: Yes, I mean, you know, it's, you know, I think it speaks a lot for me. I mean, it speaks speaks a lot about the game that, for someone like me who typically does not play this type of game has found myself being like a, you know we, we've had like a really bad heat wave i'm like uh you know it's just been too warm to like you know be at my computer which you know generates a lot of heat itself you know because it is you know graphics cards and stuff you know <laughs> yeah
0: so all right excellent well i think we have reached the end of discussing destiny 2 um i will say you know um we don't make money for this show we're not collecting money from activision Bungie, etc i think it's pretty obvious but i just want to make it known you know when we focus on a game like this and we talk about like oh yeah it's free it's amazing play it underline 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 um this is not like paid promotional consideration this is just we focus on the games that we're presently playing and really enjoying and we talk about them passionately because if we're into them you might be too uh, especially when we see a game or a situation where we know that activision blizzard have a kind of history of bad action we've just seen Bungie slide out from under them i i just want to see these guys succeed. I think Bungie have done a lot of good in the industry, and I really, really hope that this change for Destiny works out for them. It's a hell of a game. They're a hell of a studio. And also big ups to uh, Microsoft and... Three four three three four three four three four. Whichever one it is. Three four three. Yeah, the the current Halo people. You know the direction that they're taking Halo in isn't really one that I necessarily love, but I think it's really cool that they're still putting the work in. They're still trying to to make incredible games. And by all accounts, a lot of people love the love the newer Halo games. One of them is celebrating an anniversary today, and people were excited enough about it that it came up on Twitter. So clearly it has fans i think it's good when everybody succeeds coming out of a situation outside of maybe activision blizzard so uh-huh. support like destiny too yeah yeah, I'm sorry. I just I had to make that note because I've seen a lot of people complaining lately that like, oh, on social media, you only see people praise things that they're getting paid for. And I, I know we talk a lot about how we don't get paid to do this show, but I really want to underline like, I just believe in destiny. I think it's sick as fuck. That's what brought us here today. You did. All right. Well, then all that having been said, normally we would talk about what we've been playing, except we just did for like 50 minutes. And we're running short on time, so Slaggy, do you want to help wind us down? Yes, we
1: love your feedback, ratings, and reviews. Uh, we like your Facebook likes, but not if you're connected
0: through the PS4. We effing love Twitter. I mean, we still like you. It just appears that maybe Facebook and Sony don't.
1: Yeah, uh, they don't like each other. They don't. I don't think they.
0: Oh, we had a listener feedback here at the underscore Solar Bear who is presently known as the underscore lunar underscore boo. I listened to the church's death stand stranding song. It's pretty, but not at all what I was expecting for a game with jar babies and such.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what makes me curious because it's it's got a very just a, a great church's bop, which I,
0: well, and that's exactly like, I love a great church's bop. I love churches. So I was super happy with it, but it definitely is going to be a weird, uh, implementation in game
1: yeah we'll see thank you for yeah. that feedback yeah. uh we uh, you can email
0: us at mailbuoy at Mail <laughs> at game
1: yeah and our home base is gamebuy.org
0: gamebuy.org gamebuy.org gamebuoy.org
1: all right can you shout out our shout outs
0: i sure can i'd like you to check out orange lounge radio where every gamer has a voice. From whom I steal so many of my cues. You should also check out a good friend of the show, the X Nation podcast. They talk about everybody's favorite Marvel Mary Mutants, which also are currently the best thing happening in comic books. So you should definitely check them out. Uh, You can also check out Sidekick's show, Breeding is Fundamental, which talks about RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't know about the current status of that show, but it's still more (laughs) worth listening to than watching Modern Drag Race. I but mean I don't know
1: about I don't know about that. I'm actually having fun with uh drag race uk so
0: oh yeah, so maybe we'll uh talk about it someday.
1: no that. talking about it is so exhausting ah, ah. fine take us to a place i wanna take you to i wanna invite you to oh that's no we can't that transition just doesn't work anymore but um you know speaking of work though, you know who does work are the magical boys podcast. my transitions are uh very poor today um you should go check out the magical boys podcast they are a pop culture podcast from a queer perspective you might remember them as the joystick jockeys they now have you know a more broader pop culture focus which i think you know especially um given the state of gaming i say that you know for a lot of podcasts that might be a good choice you know broadening the horizons i'd also like to shout out to the nintendo fun club your place for platformers positivity and pop punk i believe they are focusing more of their efforts these days on the blockade Runner podcast which is a Star Wars-focused podcast. Um, I know our buddy Bronsworth over there from Nintendo Fun Club and Blockade Runner. Uh, I feel bad for kind of talking about how clunky my re-entry into Star Wars The Old Republic was because I know that he's still um, enjoying it quite a bit, and it's still a cool game. Just, um, it just definitely shows its age, so... Um, but if you, want, if you are uh, super pumped for Star Wars and anything Star Wars, and you should go check them out. Our wonderful theme music was done by Zelda Reorchestrated, the project that aimed to take beautiful Zelda music and orchestrate it into gorgeous symphonic sounds. They forever closed their doors quite a while back, but we pour out a 40 into the Great Fairy Fountain as a way to honor them. They should just sample me for one of the Great Fairies and like it. Not a, not a mainline Zelda game or um we should make like a a Derpy Zelda clone indie game and then I'll be the great fairy i go like hee
0: hee. I'm very happy that you at least did the hee hee because <laughs> I'm always sad <laughs> I'm always sad when you don't. So it has been a lovely couple hours talking with all y'all lovely, beautiful people out there. This does fulfill our requirement for a secretly spooky episode. This does not fulfill our requirement for an episode do it, doing one of our well-loved retrospectives on a well-loved gaming series. So please continue looking forward to that in the coming weeks. Yeah, when we uh, bring you Yoshi's Cookie Buoy. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? Um, we will be back at you, but... Until then, oh, I should say, we'll be back at you hopefully in seven days, but possibly 14. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of that having been. We love you. Thank you for spending this time with us on this lovely, lovely Sunday evening. One of the best of my life, or at least the anniversary thereof. We'll see you yeah, shortly. You should, you should get Until go. then, keep gaming. Keep gaming. Keep thinking. Keep thinking. And uh, black and gold. Zames anniversary edition. Very good. Yeah, so like I was having an existential crisis about podcasting, not in like the way that I would want to stop doing it. Because honestly, I know no one listens to our show, and I don't care. Like I do this for me; I have get a lot out of it. I mean, but some like, people listen. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, I actually know that to be true. Uh, regardless, the existential crisis I was having is you know all these other shows and our comrades. Um, have not been producing sh- content and leaving the game. But then, like literally as I was like, oh man, I guess podcast is a dying art. I saw all of those drag queens that I messaged you about getting together to start podcasting. It's like a uh, Trinity the tuck Taylor and a couple of other people Rossi who didn't win
1: Andrews and Victor Minge.
0: yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, well, if they can podcast, at least I'm sure as Helga keep doing it like, maybe there will be a new wave of podcasters brought in by them. I don't know, that's all. Um, yeah, no, though. I mean, other I, people are podcasting, just not about video games anymore. Well, and I mean, I get it, right? It's just tough because video games right now are such a cultural wormhole, and not to be confused with the <laughs> cultural wormhole. Well, I was just looking, because they're still doing the cultural wormhole podcast, which I guess that's... But no, I'm, I just meant that the gaming fandom is such a sinkhole that, like, I understand why a lot of people have decided to just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, and it will it's true, you know, it's something I've even talked about on our show is um, people are kind of terrible in the gaming space. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Um, so I have my links open. I'm ready to record. I'm getting into a good groove. How are you doing? I'm into the Hollywood
1: groove, uh, featuring Gap Jeans, Missy Mr. misdemeanor,
0: Elliot. Am I
1: sounding too distant because I'm kind of like not like right speaking into my mic? I'm like maybe a f- foot away from it. Do I sound like I'm l- recording in a latrine or something?
0: No, no, you sound very slightly different, but you still sound okay.
1: Okay, well maybe I'll maybe I'll move closer and sit with a better posture.
0: Stupid posture. Okay, is that better? Yeah, that that sounds more typical. Okay. All right, well then, I'm going to get going pretty quick. Yeah, I just had to make one very slight change to the show roll, because I often trip up on, today we're going to be discussing when it has like last week's episode stuff still. I'm glad I caught it this week.
1: I went ahead and fixed it on the title of the Google
0: Doc. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! <laughs> I just saw it when you said that. I'm sorry. I need to scream in your ear. <laughs> All right, we have a good energy. Let's take this and go. Um, if we talk a little bit of shit about some companies today, by the by, I support that. Um, this Bethesda thing is fucking awful. This fucking Blizzard thing is awful. They're like the DoorDash of gaming. Ah, yes. Okay, Queen. Um, I'm just gonna go into this. I'm gonna quietly count off five and then record because I'm always set. (laughs) All right, there we go. All right. Thank you. Perfect.